Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. I'm delighted and honoured this week to be joined by a very special guest. Now for Irish audiences, um, my guest today needs no introduction, B.B. Bascom. The word I associate with B.B. is pioneer. As a broadcaster, B.B. has presented more than a thousand TV shows and was the first woman in Ireland to have her own chat show. As well as RTE, she's also worked with the BBC and ITV. Now, long before the best exotic Marigold Hotel opened its doors and before Elizabeth Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love fame stayed and prayed in India, Bibi bought, refurbished and converted a landmark building in Kerala in southern India, transforming it into an officially recognised heritage hotel of India, uh, which included a wellness centre. Now, harnessing all that knowledge and experience, Bibi delivers talks and seminars on many aspects of wellness. She's active on social media, and this month, just in ideal time for Christmas, her new book, The Happy Book, Volume 2, a, a follow-up to Bibi's um, first book, uh, Bibi's Wellness Wisdom, is just out, containing a, a collection of her inspirational quotes and insights. So Bibi, I'm so honoured to have you join me today from your home in Cork. Well, I'm absolutely delighted. And you're spoiling me already, James. Pioneer. You know, yes. I've grown up many, many years ago, it must be said. A pioneer was actually a Roman Catholic who didn't take alcohol. <laughs> I'm a Roman Catholic and I do take alcohol. <laughs> But it's true. It's true, baby. Like when I was, you know, I obviously, you know, I'm well aware of you. I grew up watching you on the television in the 80s. Um, and when I was looking at everything that you did, it was like, you know, at the forefront of it. You know, so many people now would be thinking about going off to, you know, exotic climbs for, you know, wellness retreats or whatever. But you were doing that back in the 90s, you know. So. Um, it didn't take a flinch out of me, you know, James. I don't view it that way at all. It was just a kind of natural progression of events in a working life. Uh, natural because it was the underlay of it was really boredom. And to this day, it's the same. If I get bored doing something, I just stop it and I try something else. Mm. Sometimes it works. Yeah, I, I'm a great fan of that, BB. I have to say that sense of evolving. I've I've had, and you know, a, a tricky few months. But mm. I went to um, um, a colleague of mine, a friend of mine, as a coaching client a few weeks back, and I was I was saying to you just before we went on as well. I'm nearly twenty years doing what I'm doing, and I said I I thought I had found my calling, as it were, yeah. and. And I sort of said, but I, I've, you know, there's still something, there's still a change trying to take place. There's something, you know, there's something missing. I, I wouldn't say I'm bored with it, but it's like I'm looking for something new. And, and echoing what you've said, he, I remember he just said it back to me. He said, but James, we continue to grow and evolve. We never stop. That's right. Um, and a new chapter and all of that. Speaking oh, of new chapters, sorry, baby. May I just say on that mm -hmm. note that I, in case it would be of interest, to your listeners, I have found that even though you go through what are ostensibly huge changes, for example, in my case, as you mentioned, from broadcasting mm. to being a hotelier in a very different land, uh, there is still nevertheless 
an underlay of a common thread. And for me, that common thread is teaching. No matter where I go, I find I'm always teaching. And anybody listening today, I would just suggest to them that they ask themselves the same question. What is your gift? What is your purpose in life? Because everybody has one. There's no doubt Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, not, I read a quote the other day that I loved. It said, not all talent shout. So you have a gift, but it may not mean you're going to be the first person to walk on the moon or something big, Mm -hmm. but it's there. And I think it's a wonderful exercise of self-inquiry to ask yourself, well, what is my gift? Mm. And you'll find that it's running through all of your life. So there's my first little That's, bit of it. And that is, that is a nice little gem of, of wisdom. I'm, I'm, th- that that's stirred up something in me. It's like the common thread mm-hmm. through it, like a foundation mm-hmm. that's through it. Yeah, that's, that's going to percolate. Speaking Ooh. of good quotes, speaking of good quotes, BB, of course, mm-hmm. I love my quotes. You love your quotes. Oh, You've God. now done two books of quotes. And in, in, in prep for our chat today, I was flicking through your, your first one, um, Baby's Wellness Wisdom. Um, and it just fell open on a page. I'm a great believer in just letting a book what? fall over for the message. And the quote on it was, so many people live fast, busy lives, but since when did speed contribute to happiness? And I just thought, well, amen. And I needed to hear that. But at this time, of course, when so... I suppose when COVID has, you know, slowed things down in, uh, or at least given us an opportunity to, to reassess habits of busyness, you know, any tips or advice, baby, that you would offer people who are just seeking to slow down a little? Well, I think the first thing is that you have to believe that it's important. You'll never, like anything in life, you'll never quite achieve it if you don't believe in it. Mm. So you've got to find some kind of mental scaffolding, your own word, I think, James, Mm. that I love so much. Find that scaffolding and base your belief on that, that speed is not a contributory factor to happiness, nor is it indeed to well-being or to mental health or to physical health. And indeed, I was delighted to hear very recently, uh, your Irish listeners will will know Ryan Tuberty very well, but on his radio show, he had taken a week off and he came back and he didn't apologize for it at all. He said, I did nothing. And he said, I just wanted to do nothing. And I thought, hey, that's exactly what I think. Because I, I do think that in our culture, in Western culture in general, to be busy all the time has become something of uh, a heroic quality about yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't do you any good. It will affect your health eventually. So I don't subscribe to that at all. I don't have a speedy life. In fact, every single day, uh, I might turn down things uh, because every single day I have a time in the diary which is called do nothing. And that's what I do. Uh. I do nothing. And it stills the mind. It does. It calms you down. And your shoulders even go down. And your jaw might not be as taut. And your breathing slows down. Mm. And you feel an awful lot better. And it gives you that extra bit of zip to get up and go whenever you want to do that again. I don't know whether it's your voice or whether that's the sentiment. But it's like, I feel my shoulders drop when you just say that. Um, I think for so many people, it's alien. If you think, how do we greet each other? It's like, are you busy? It's like, how are you? Are you busy? You know, that's what the normal interaction is. 
You know the one that gets me. The one that gets me is I had a great week at work. I was so busy. And I think, and I know this is being very judgmental, which is an awful thing to do, but inwardly I think, oh, you silly bugger. <laughs> really, I do. I make that judgment call internally when I hear that because it isn't wise. We all need to slow down. And you know what? COVID is this dreadful scourge yeah. among, among us that's showing no, no sign of leaving us really in the short term. But I think it has enforced that on a lot of people. And yet... Yet, within the last month, two friends I was talking to who never listened to anything I say, as was <laughs> obvious, because they both still said, I'm very busy, it's great. Yeah, it's people's, it's people's comfort zone, it's their default setting. With, with that sort of analogy in mind, uh, maybe something that I'm... I, I did a blog recently, Anna, because I, I always write about what it is I need to learn. <laughs> the, um, yeah. But um, I, um, uh, the analogy came to me when I was had to update the operating system on my laptop. And I said, gosh, maybe I need to sort of update my own operating system a little. And, yeah. and I've called it uh, self-care 2.0. So, right. so the, 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 the analogy for sort of filtering the, the requests that come in or, or how I'm spending my time is really based on, will this sort of fuel me? Will this add to my self-care or, yes. it, or will it deplete it? Yeah. Um, because I think it's often a zero-sum game like that. Um, and the emotions there is a guide, um, but fascinating area, fascinating area. Yeah. And of course, the... The whole wellness space, Bibi, when you were saying that common thread running through everything you did was that of a teacher. And, and my sense, certainly from looking at your website and for, for listeners who, who want to get more information on you, the website is bbbaskin.ie. But a, a central theme for you is very much wellness and well-being. And when you think of that, because it's such a big area, what, what for you is at the heart of that, Bibi? Um, I think at the heart of wellness for me is uh, as much as possible to reduce stress in your life. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, life by its very nature is always going to throw curveballs at us. And as many people are, uh, are now coming to realize, it's not that you can get rid of those curveballs. It's all about how you handle them. Mm -hmm. And for me, at the heart of wellness is the business of handling stress as best you can. Mm. And one little tool that I find very useful for that is, of course, breathing. Mm. Just breathing in a meditative way. Some people I know who don't do meditation will think, oh my God, I can't do that. I don't know how to. Or they think it's for hippies, you know, in, mm -hmm. in Goa, in India or something. Not at all. Uh, probably a lot of people are doing silent meditations for a minute or two without even knowing it. Mm. But if you focus on the breath, and the inhale and the exhale, just literally, it doesn't give any space or room for that stress stuff to come in. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be a great tool at the heart of wellness. Oh, I, I agree with you. I, I often, how would I say it? Sometimes the only thing we can control is our breath, baby. Um, yeah. You know, if I think of, if I'm in, you know, hospital for tests and the blue yeah. curtains around you and all of that stuff's going on and you're yeah. waiting for results or you're waiting for a doctor or whatever, yeah. um, um, you know, well, what can I control here? I can control how I choose to breathe. Yeah. Um, and I often think if we have a sense of choice, I can do what I normally do. 
or I can choose a deeper in-breath, then I feel not just grounded, but maybe a little bit more in control of myself. I, 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 I agree completely. It's back to the breath. But if you think of like yoga and martial arts and meditation and Pilates, it's all based on breath. It's like it's all telling us something. <laughs> right, absolutely. The, um, something else where I, I know we have something in common is a, a morning routine. You know, that sort of ritual that sets us up for the day. Um, and I know because I follow you on the social media platforms, BB, if, if I sort of wake up early and I sort of reach for the phone, you know, BB will be up there. There will be a picture of flowers. There will be a quote. There will be, a, a, particularly in the summertime, beautiful dawns, um, um, which, is, which is such solace or, or ban for the soul, I think sometimes is the phrase I use. Um, but, but talk me through sort of how you start your day or your routines or the rituals that serve you well. Yeah, well, first of all, I would say that I'm probably the most unroutined creature you could meet. Oh. <laughs> I love the freedom of being able to choose when and where and what I'm going to do. I'm sounding like a spoiled girl, I know, mm. but I just think that's a wonderful freedom. Mm. And so where possible, I don't engage in routine at all. Right. Having said that, uh, back in the day when I was on television, it was mostly live shows. So you had to be routined. Mm -hmm. You had to get your sleep the night before. You had to be at rehearsal. You had to certainly be on air when the clock started. Yes. <laughs> it was, you know, and all of that. But now that I have choice, um, I find I do have early morning routines. But again, I would say to anyone who, who thinks routine is a very boring scourge among us, I always set it this way. If I want to do something that should be routine, I never go for the seven days a week. Mm -hmm. I give myself the freedom to not bother me arse doing it twice at mm -hmm. least. I go for the five out of the seven, or maybe even the four out of the seven. Mm. Now, clearly, if you, if you indulge in that sort of practice, you know, you're never going to hit the Olympics because that would take seven days a week kind of training and routine. For me, though, in the early morning, the first thing I do, and James, I may I chastise you. You said that sometimes when you're waking up, if you oh. reach Phone. I know. <laughs> Put it this way: normally, normally it's in oh. our corner of the room, um, mm. uh, plugged in, out of reach. But no. if I if I'm awake and I'm saying, "Oh, you know, go asleep, go asleep, go asleep," my justification for reaching for it would be to go to the app Insight Timer and to put on some music. But half the time, if I'm being honest, you know, I'm opening up something else, not that app. <laughs> of course. And as for leaving it in charging overnight, you can, mm. you know, you don't have to do that at all. I, I consider that a bit of an excuse. Right. So I'm not going to handle that. But for me, I wake up. The old cliche is apparently, I don't know, is it disgusting or not? Uh, it, the old cliche is that there are only two things that should happen in bedroom. One is <laughs> But technology shouldn't come into it. In my case, I'll tell you what I do, James. I waken up, and I wouldn't say I waken up clearly and, you know, full of mm -hmm. getting I, I can be a bit sluggish because I need to be a bit more fit physically. Mm -hmm. I tend to spend a lot of time in what I call the gym of the mind, mm -hmm. but I, I really am not very interested at all in the gym of the body, and that's a lack. So what I do is I slowly come to my senses, and I just slowly turn around to the side of the bed, and I put my two feet on the floor, and I notice them. 
and then I feel grounded. Mm. And I take it nice and slowly, going to the bathroom and all of that. But the main activity, once we've done our ablutions and all of that, is that, uh, as you would have seen, I go out into the garden. I make sure I get a good big dollop of fresh air because mm. uh, I live in the heart of the countryside, so I don't have fumes around me. And I go into the garden and I pick out and single out some lovely little bit of nature. It might be a flower. They're getting scarce now. Mm. It could be a leaf. It might, you know, something simple. And I will have thought of a wellness thought before I go out. I have a book of quotes all to do with wellness. And I'll, I'll take one of those and then I'll make my little video, uh, the wellness video in the garden in the early morning. And it sets me up for the day and I get a lovely feedback about these things. Uh, and there's no end to them. I don't know how many I've done at this stage. Mm. And in fact, you mentioned in your introduction about last year's book of quotes and mm. now the one out this week, mm. happy book. Um, they all started with uh, these little videos of wellness and, and well-being in the garden. Because when I, after I'd made several of them, a friend of mine who's a publisher, and in particular a digital publisher, mm -hmm. he said to me, you know, not everybody's uh, on social media. Why don't you let me publish some of those quotes? And that's how the books came into being. So those early morning <clears throat> wellness videos uh, are a big part of my life. Not every morning, as I said. And then I come back up the couple of steps it's at the front door and if it's not raining I, I stand there for maybe three to five minutes and I do a breathing exercise called pranayama right and for those of you who are not familiar with it the, the one aspect of it that I do is very simple I can even describe it in words even though we can't see it mm -hmm. uh, you simply close off one nostril with your thumb let's say if you want to do it with me now at home mm -hmm. your right nostril I'm closing it off you can hear it in my voice and then I'm breathing in through the other one. And then with the ring finger, I'll close off the opposite one and release the right one and, and do more breathing in and out on that. And I do that for three to five minutes. And it actually builds up uh, and strengthens your respiratory system. And it's a relaxant. And in itself, it's a little bit of a meditation. So that's yeah. me off to a gentle start of the day. And notice, I don't use words like, that's a good kickstart to the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Kicking, oh, the thought of it. So yeah. it's a gentle start for me, and you know, I love it. Yeah, it's it, there is a gentleness, an ease, a flow. Of course, everything you've mentioned is mindfulness as well. It, it depends how we how we label it. It's also fascinating, and now that thread has come back to when you were speaking about that underlying thread that goes through everything. Yeah. So often, and I see it so often with myself and certainly with clients I work with, Bibi, that when they're just living their life in a way that works for them as best they can, yeah. that's when, how would I say it, we, we're, we're, we're ripe or, or, or the ideas come to us. You know, in this case, you know, with your, with your friend Michael with the, with the book, I mean, yeah. you know, you're just out there doing what fuels you. And yes, you share it and it's of benefit to others. And then other people see it and they'll say, can we have more of this, please? Yes, yeah, lovely. You know? But yeah, and, but it, some, sometimes, and again, going back to that ease and flow and gentleness bit, it's like, it just evolved. Yeah. You know, it just evolved. There's a, there's a lovely, um, there's a beautiful simplicity to that that's really speaking to me, I have to say. Yeah. I think that when you try to live in a way that suits your being, you know, you're not going to go too far wrong. Mm. 
And, and there was no much premeditation or preamble in any sense of my starting to go out to the garden. It was just a natural thing to do, get a nice blast of fresh air and, and look at some beautiful things of nature. And then, hey, presto, a year l- later, we have a book. Yeah, yeah, I must. I must. And of course, it's it's ripe. It's out this week, um, uh, the book. And if people are looking to access that, I know they can probably visit your website, bbbaskin.com. Um, but I saw on it as well, there was a link to the publisher and an email. So I'll call that out as well for listeners. Um, oh, that's very good. I should yeah. say. Yeah, you won't find it in your local bookshop. And unfortunately, they're closed anyway at the moment. Yes. But again, uh, uh, through Michael, the publisher, and I know you said you'd give the details, but another way, which is even easier to remember, is just contact me and I will then pass it on and and get the sales team to to send it out. To follow it up, yeah. You can find me on social media, as you know, or there's an email which is on the website. I'm very easily found because my name is not sort of like Mary Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) You might look up Mary Murphy on social media. (laughs) Scrolling through hundreds of them. Yeah, but your your website, bbbaskin.ie, and then it's bbbaskin, obviously, on Twitter and Facebook. And the, um, uh, the the complicated one, if you wanted to contact Michael, I have his email here. It's michael.mulcahy at number one, no1.ie. And I see the book is 15 uh, euro plus postage and packaging. Um, That's right. Uh, as well. So perfect. Ideal stocking filler. Let's... Um, Let's speak about change for a bit, Bibi. I think, you know, we, we all know life has changed and we've dealt with change and you've instigated a lot of change. Uh, I think 2020 is change on steroids. Um, uh, you know, I, I often, uh, there's so many quotes with change, but one of my favourite ones by Einstein is, you know, life has changed, growth is optional. Uh, choose wisely what are your thoughts your your personal philosophy as it were with change well drawing from my own life I mean I suppose I rather abruptly on occasions opted for change it was a choice mm-hmm. and uh, you know leaving a very good job in RTE and I can't find any fault with RTE in terms of my experience of working there none at all but I just knew, James, at that stage, I was, I think, mid-40s. Um, and I just knew that there was more to life than the little thing that I was experiencing. And by little, I mean in terms of just living in a country that's an island nation, uh, across the pond, just in London, I could see that there was this huge city that had all sorts of multinational, interfaith people in it. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was this bigger world out there, and I wanted, I used to describe it as, I wanted a little nibble of it. (laughs) Maybe I got more than a little nibble. <laughs> it was a big gulp of it. <laughs> as long as there was no indigestion. Gav has gone at the ready. Yeah. Um, I did go off to a developing country, first of all, not an English-speaking one. You know, the, safe, the safer places would be, say, Australia or United States. Yeah because of the commonality of certain aspects of our, our cultures. But no, I went for, you know, what my mother would have called whole duck or no dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a developing country. I went on my own as a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I changed career as well. Uh, I, I became a hotelier. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of that I instigated myself. 
And I think that people should be perhaps more forgiving of change. You know, I, before COVID and, and still sometimes on, online, on Zoom, I give these motivational talks. Mm -hmm. And one in particular is all about change. Mm -hmm. And I illustrated with these stories from my own life. And then I try to draw some useful conclusions that might help other people mm -hmm. bring change into their lives. And uh, for me, I think the greatest bit of armor that you can find for yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're bringing in change, is that you must not be afraid of failure. Now, that is a very big ask, because I'm sure that fear is singularly the biggest thing that holds us all back from trying something new. But mm -hmm. if you can get your head into a place whereby you have no fear of failure, that will see you through. Uh, a lot of people will think, what will people think of me mm. if I fail? Mm. Uh, does it matter? And how many people really, apart from our close circle of friends, how many people really think about us that much? That's true. You know, they're far too busy living their own lives and sorting out their own problems to be that bothered about us. So I think you have to be brave, and that's the one thing you have to take with you. And certainly when I started, <clears throat> when I started the hotel, with no previous uh, experience in hospitality or uh, qualifications for that matter, I didn't know if it would succeed or fail. I had no idea, James, none mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But I carried on as if it would succeed. And, you know, <clears throat> within a year, we ended up on, uh, in the Sunday Times of London uh, uh, described as one of the 10 best sleeps in all of India. Yes. A big lie. A big lie. <laughs> <laughs> but did I say anything? Not at all. I loved what? it. There was even fake news back then, baby, was there? <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, it is it is some story. Gosh, maybe the next book will be the autobiography, baby. What do you think? No, no, no I couldn't do that much navel gazing. <laughs> My navel isn't all that exciting. It won't happen. <laughs> you know, I think in another book, I've been working on it in a bit of a fragmented way, so I, I can't say too much about it yet. Right. Because, you know, <clears throat> don't know. Yeah, it's. But again, I often think you know that sense of being a teacher, whether you're delivering talks at the top of the room, whether it's through your social media, whether you're you know you're 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 catch, capturing your words and wisdom in a book. It's it's all part of that that yeah. sharing, sharing of knowledge. What's, what struck me, and again, I'm always reminded of um, something I've heard or listened recently. I can't remember what it was. Um, it, it's funny with morning routines, and I do my bits of yoga and that in the morning time, but I often have um, something uplifting on, uh, playing in the background I, uh, when I'm in the bathroom, when I'm in the shower. And I think it was yesterday I was listening to to a, a talk or whatever it was, but but they had the phrase in it, um, you know, do you bet on you? Oh. you know, as if you were like a gambler or whatever. And mm. now I, I think I've been to a bookies once, you know, for the Grand National or something. Yeah. But, but it's like, you know, do you bet on you? And it's like, I said, gosh. And I said, well, for me, I think I do. But yeah. I was reminded of that when you were speaking, baby. It's like you, you bet on yourself going to India that you would give this a go. 
Yeah, I suppose I did, but yeah. not consciously at the time. Yeah. And again, yeah. just as we said earlier, albeit in a different context, things in India just, I didn't one day decide I'm going to go to India and set up a hotel. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Thing, I went for three weeks of a holiday, actually. Mm-hmm. And I stayed for 15 years. All right. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a story in that, obviously. <laughs> I would say that again. Things just evolved. The three weeks became a month. The month became six months and you rent a house. And then you say, oh my God, I've no income. What am I going to do? I bet the roof over my head. And you buy a building and you think you're going to live in it. And then you do it up so nicely. You think you'll bring in people and and maybe at weekends for a bit of company like B&B. And then... You, you jump through another few hoops and you become the owner and manager of a heritage hotel of India. Gosh. So it's gradual. I've just given you the potted version. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's back to that evolvement again or organic, organic growth, if we wanted mm-hmm. to get very fancy with terminology. And also on something that you had mentioned earlier as well, maybe that I think is, is true for so many people, and I can put my hand up to it, that sometimes the instigation for, for change is that sense of boredom or the sense that, uh, you know, I'm very lucky to have what I have, but I'm looking for more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to and pay I mean, attention to that. Yeah. Well, what I was looking for, James, wasn't and never will be, I think. Uh, I wasn't looking for greater wealth or mm. anything. Money has never really attracted me. And in fact, as a tourist in India during those first three weeks, I went to a Vedic astrologer. Okay. As your listeners may or may not know, are like the Bible of Hinduism. Mm -hmm. The Vedic astrologer is taken very seriously. Indeed, it's not like California, read your horoscope in the job. Uh, And he said to me on the subject of money, he said, and I can still hear his words, and this is crikey, this is 20 years ago. He said, Madam, you'll never be rich, but you'll always have enough money to do. And you know what? 20 years later, that man was right. He could foresee into my bank account. (laughs) 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 I I never went after something new for the sake of money, but for the sake of personal fulfillment and growth, most definitely. It reminds me of one of my absolute favorite quotes. It's one of Oprah's. You know, we all seek the same thing, the fullest, truest expression of ourselves. Ah, that's a lovely one. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, the, the money is secondary. It's, it's an expression of ourselves. I have more to give or, you know, there's that sense of, you know, broadening horizons, etc. Yeah. Gosh, baby, we could chat all day. We, um, as, as I knew this would happen, the... Um, Let's close with a few. I call them the quick fire round. I think they're oh, based on the old um, uh, Proust questionnaire. Uh, sometimes they, they they lead the conversation somewhere else, or you know, it's it's it, it it gives an insight into yourself too. So, what's your most cherished possession, baby? Oh, crikey, a, um, a thing? Yes. Ah, I'm not that much into things, you know. But I t- oh yes. There is one thing that I do absolutely love. It's a bookcase. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it was hand-carved for me in India, and I shipped it across. And I actually saw the men who hand-carved it, which was a real honor to yes. see them producing this wonderful craft so beautifully. And, of course, books like yourself, I'm uh-huh. sure, surrounded by them. Uh, so that would be my favorite thing of all. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. Lovely. And I, it, it, that, that reminds me of, um, I, I wouldn't describe myself as someone who, you know, was good with their, their hands or making things. And I have huge admiration for the craft of making things. Oh, so yeah. I can just imagine rubbing your hand along the, the, the shell, the, the book shelves, let alone the books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what inspires you? Cause you are an inspiration yourself, oh. baby, but what inspires you? Oh, I know exactly what would inspire and what does inspire me daily. It's this thirst for learning that I have. Mm. You know, I can almost get fidgety. I tried it during the summer. It was a lovely summer's day, just this summer gone by. And I thought, I'm not going to read anything today. I'm not going to study and I'm not going to write down anything. I'm going to go outside and stay in the, in the sun and the, the fresh air and everything else. Well, I cheated because... <laughs> an hour or two of fidgeting, I said, okay, I'll stick to my rule, but I'm going to read a cookery book because I love cooking, you see, James. So yeah. I did actually go through a couple of cookery books. <laughs> so I would say, yeah, but it would be a, a huge thirst for learning. That would be my inspiration. Yeah, and that actually reminds me as well because you, you do post some beautiful recipes and photographs of Oh, food and dishes as well. Um, <laughs> I think I think if it's not the autobiography, baby, it's a cookbook. It is the next one, um, and it's it's funny because I I've always done it, but in the last six months or so, I've I've, I've done more baking. Now I think part of it is to feed people, um, mm. but it, and, and and I do get some. I obviously get a lot of pleasure from making it as well. Yeah. I used to debate about, will I, po- will I post pictures of my baking up on my channels and whatever? And of course I do. And they're the ones that get the most hits and interaction, let alone the inspiring quotes. I always think. I, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. I just put out on Facebook there a couple of days ago about four photos of, in what I mostly do is South Indian cooking. Yes. It's very different to North Indian, which would be the sort of Indian food that we're mostly familiar with in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Yeah, they, they they get a huge amount of attention, <laughs> and then some lovely souls will ask me for a recipe. <laughs> oh Christ, no! Indian recipes are so long. <laughs> I'm the same. Sometimes I get them, and it's like, well, with bacon, I know you have to be a bit more precise. But with some of them, it's like it's a bit of this and a bit of the other, and it's whatever yeah. you fancy. <laughs> and I down yet so I really must do that because it's not fair I'm sure it appears like a bit of a tease she'll show you the picture of the food yeah. but she'll be damn lazy to write it <laughs> recipe for me so I must correct that I really must. speaking of you have the bookshelves yeah maybe as I do um, and we're always reading and learning is there anything that you're any particular book you're reading at the minute that you're enjoying or a blog or a magazine or even another podcast anything that you're particularly fueling yourself with at the minute I'm rereading you know how there are some books and you just keep going back to them Mm. because if you keep going back you'll get even more out of them and that may be partly because the first time you read more carelessly Mm. or it may be partly because you yourself have matured more in the meantime and you can get a deeper level out of them so at the moment I'm reading John O'Donoghue again one of my favorite authors ever yeah I I and there is such depth to oh, work, no. baby. Oh, no. um, um, interestingly, I, I, by, by happenstance, I came across um, an interview that he did on a podcast a few years ago. Oh. An, an American uh, lady, Krista, spelled with a K, Tippett, T-I-P-P-E-T-T, um, and her podcast is called On Being. 
um, and very much from a wellness space. And she, she's interviewed people for many, many years. Um, and um, her interview with Jan O'Donoghue, I think, was one of the last interviews he oh. did before he died. But the theme of it was beauty. And I think it was around the time he had a book out. I think, was it On Beauty? I think it was the Yeah, the I have it, yeah. Yeah. And um, I had read his, his work, but I hadn't heard him. Yeah. And uh, it was a fascinating um, uh, interview. Um, I must stick the, the link to it into comments on, on this episode for, for people who are, who are interested. And I'll send you a link too. I've just um, written it down yeah, actually. Yeah. We should never miss. Yeah. And I, I, I think you would like her stuff as well, Bibi. It's very much in the same space as yours. And, 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 and it's a lovely, you know, I, I often think it's, she, she has the edited version of the podcast and then she's the unedited version of it, which is everything, you know, the bells oh, and the whistles. You have, you have a choice which way to, to listen yeah. to it. And speak, well, we all love books. We all love our quotes, as we know. You have two books of quotes out. The, the, the new one, as we say, is, the, um, is out this week, uh, the happy book. Um, if there was a, a quote or a saying or something that, that you turn to again and again, something that's, that's carved on your soul, baby. What yeah. would it be? What would it be for you? Oh, I think I know immediately what that is. Uh, every so often I create little mantras mm. that, are, in fact, you know, you're making me think more about them now, James. Maybe I should put them out a bit more on social media. But this one was in the first book. And it, obviously pre-COVID times, because that book came out a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's very relevant. In fact, almost more relevant now because of COVID, and it is be happy, be safe, be well. Mm -hmm. That's it. Be happy, be safe, be well. Yeah. yeah. As ever, I think the, the most powerful quotes or sentiments, you know, are the, are, are, are the simplest. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, lovely reminder, you know. Gosh, if we can have that as our, yeah. if I can, if I can have that in my in my oh. operating system, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what a lo what a lovely way to, to 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 close our our chat. The time has flown by. Um, uh, thank you so much, baby, for your time and your insight and your wisdom, and for all the work that you've done and continue to do, and for being a a shining light in this world. Um, I really don't deserve half of that even. But can I just say, James, it is as always, and I know we don't know each other that well over a long period of time, mm -hmm. but it is as always a pleasure to talk to you. And I always come away from my chats enriched. Oh. And I thank you for that. Soul siblings, I think that's the phrase we'll use. Um, uh, let me um, remind people of how to um, uh, connect with you or to, to access your new book as a, as a nice Christmas stocking filler. That the mothership, of course, BB, is bbbaskin.com. The, the no, dot IE. Oh, you're so right. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it. I haven't written dot IE. bbbaskin.ie. Uh, and then it's BB Baskin on Twitter and uh, Facebook. Um, and Instagram. And Instagram and as well. And LinkedIn. Oh, my goodness. It's like there's always a new platform. 
Um, and then, of course, they can just stick your name into Google as well. Um, yeah. And then michael.mulcahy at number one.ie is also an email where you can contact the publisher directly for the, uh, for the book. Um, the, the happy book volume too. So BB, thank you again. It's been uh, an honor and uh, we might just have to, we might just have to have you back for a follow-up chat uh, when the next book is out, even if it's a cookery book. <laughs> it, can be done. it can be done. Thank you again. So my thanks again to BB Baskin for joining me today. She's so generous with her knowledge and her time. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. Uh, to ensure you don't miss any future episodes, any other guests that I have on, feel free to hit subscribe. And um, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you, some comments, or of course share it on social media. Uh, more information about me, James Sweetman, is available on my website, jamesweetman.com. So until next week.